This is the Marked Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Hindman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how he has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you joined us today. So before we jump into our episode this week, we wanted to mention, um, just kind of give you a heads up on what we're going to be talking about. Today's episode is a lot about anxiety and fear and just dealing with some of the things that we all in some form or fashion are walking through. And so we wanted to give you um, just kind of some suggestions of things that would be good resources for you as you are navigating those things in your life. Yes. So we have several Bible studies about um, that aren't necessarily solely about fear and anxiety, but definitely teach you how to combat Um, that in your life. And so the first one is Psalm 23 by Jennifer Rothschild. It's a new one for us. um, And we love how it talks about God is our shepherd. And so we don't have anything to fear. The Armor of God, which is by Priscilla Shire. Yeah. And that's one that has a teen version Mm -hmm. as well. So if you have a teen girl, that's great. And actually, I think it also has kids versions. Yeah. So a kids version, even the teen version isn't specific to girls. It's just for guys or girls. So you can all go through it together. um, And it just talks about exactly that like doing battle with the truth um against lies that satan throws at us yeah and then uh breaking free and living free by beth moore they're kind of similar studies um just about breaking free from whatever change you which fear is that so um steadfast love by lauren chandler she talks a little bit about that as well it's a similar like breaking free from the chains of fear and the chains of anxiety uh, what Matters Most by Karen Eman is a study of Philippians, and Philippians 4 is a very, uh, I don't know, it, it talks about anxiety a lot. So that's one that we know probably covers that as well. And then finally, Mom Set Free by Jeannie Cunyon. And this is for the moms, but um, Jeannie talks a lot about anxiety in parenting and making sure that your kids are growing in grace and growing in Christ. And so a lot of times that, I know, is a very fearful uh thing for parents. So Jeannie just talks about how to combat that with the truth of scripture. Awesome. Well, those are, we will link to all of those in our show notes today, Mm -hmm. but just wanted to give you guys some tools um, to use. Maybe you could grab another group of women, do something with your family, um, but just to give you some, some handholds to grab a hold of as you are um, navigating those things. Or maybe there are just some women in your life that you could look at as a way to encourage by, by being in Bible study together and helping them as they're walking through some of these things. Um, And so um, you'll also hear about a great book called Afraid of All the Things on today's episode, but we will save that for just a minute. So now on to the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked Podcast. We are so glad that y'all are back with us again. Hello, everyone. I know this is. I think this is going to be a really fun episode. I'm excited, and I like. And by I think I'm like 100 confident. In yes. That. Yes. Should we start over? That was real weird. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just keep rolling. Then. Hi, everybody. Hey, what? welcome to the Marked Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Scarlett. Scarlett Hiltabital is our special guest today. You've already heard her voice, but now I'm going to let you, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about yourself. Or I, I can't, my words are, have left me today. Scarlett, I love this. talk about you. Hi, guys. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, okay. I'm Scarlett Hiltabital. And I wrote a book called Afraid of All the Things, and I have three kids, and um, one of them is adopted from China, and she's deaf, and my husband works at Lifeway, and 
that, those are some facts. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how to talk about. That's a pretty good. That's how <laughs> you live on a farm. I live on a farm now, which is kind of weird because I grew up in big cities and my husband always had country boy in him. Mm. And it was kind of a like a non-conversation. And then one day he was or one day I kind of was a little open minded to it. And it was like suddenly our house was for sale and we now we live on a farm it there was like go. a whirlwind i don't know what happened mm-hmm. and i've but, i've loved watching via instagram <laughs> the story the tales of the farm same you know with chickens with raccoon the dog we are figuring yes. it out oh the ha- and now po the, po hamster. the hamster so we are the farm with no animals or plants except one hamster now there you go we try and fail and we have a hamster i love wow. it it's at least entertaining for all of us to watch. <laughs> it is very entertaining i've also never touched the hamster because i don't want to so really? I changed oh. the cage, but I like have made it a point that I just huh. don't want to touch it. Okay. <laughs> I would say that's pretty successful. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's I'm a... Proud myself about that. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how you change the cage without touching it. Well, I get Dewey, my little blonde one. Yes. He loves that hamster yes, too does. much, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Squeezes him very hard to hold him while I change the gotcha. cage. That's a wise move. That's right the there. strategy. That so is so fun. And w- if you guys will take a look at today's show notes, we will give you all the ways to connect with Scarlett. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you're wise, you will follow her on Instagram so that you can see <laughs> yes. the tales of Poe the hamster <laughs> and the rest of her family. And um, but this honestly is. I remember a few months ago, somebody was like, "Mary Margaret, there's this girl named Scarlett. It's Brandon's wife." And I was like, "Oh well, I know Brandon because we work <laughs> together." And um, and like you need to follow her on Instagram when she's writing a book. And I was like, "All right." And I was sort of like, "I mean, like it's Brandon's wife. Like is." because there are those moments too when like maybe I shouldn't say this out loud but it's like you go <laughs> like oh it's somebody's wife like right. maybe we'll see how the book is you know like <laughs> that sort of thing yeah and you're like oh we'll see if this is like legit and like which is a terrible way to view things but just it. welcome to my brain <laughs> and so but let me just tell you like it it does not matter that your husband works at Lifeway like that has nothing to do with the fact that like you've just written a book and but like it's excellent and yes. and I love it so far Thank and you. um and we're gonna talk a little bit about it today mm-hmm. on the show um but I'm telling you this is one that you don't want to um to miss the opportunity to to learn from and to really um just get some good perspective on on fear and anxiety and just you know can you kind of give us a little bit of like the Reader's Digest version of you know tell us about afraid of all the things. Yeah, I was just on another podcast saying this is the hardest part of this whole process yeah. to yeah. me is the Reader's Digest version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very memoir-like, mm-hmm. um, but it's also kind of the anti-how to overcome anxiety while still kind of being the how to overcome anxiety <laughs> book. Um, it's just kind of my story and my testimony of battling fear and anxiety my whole life and how I have ceased being a slave to my fears by learning to hold the gospel up to my fears. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of things I've learned and talking about these crazy things that have happened to me or crazy things that I have been afraid would happen to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, times I've failed and not, you know, sought the Lord and what happened there and the times that I was in this bubble of peace because the Holy Spirit was, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do this yet. Yeah. No, that's basically. I think, I think that's good. From what I've read so far, and I have not finished it yet because mm-hmm. I'm a very slow reader, um, is that that's a, like the perfect some summary of it is just how to overcome your fears with the gospel this is a lot similar to my story we were talking a little bit before we started recording and how like I was always super anxious about all the things except for clowns because my (laughs) I think it's because my childhood nursery was decorated in clowns so it was like an early like I was like oh this is part of the world yes Mm -hmm. one of my mom's cousin was a clown and so like I think that helped my 
I didn't have clown fear either. Yeah, but that was basically the only thing I was not afraid of. So mm-hmm. I really identify with a lot of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and and along with your journey of overcoming that, because it's very similar to the mm-hmm. way that I, and I think we would both say that we haven't overcome it, but right. we've learned how to deal with how it when it comes it. along. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I really love that part. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And I think for me too, in reading it, I, and I, mm-hmm. we were also kind of, it's like, it's like that conversation that happens right before we start recording that we're like, right. hold on, we need to hold these thoughts for when we start. <laughs> yes. But like for me, I there have been moments in my life where I've experienced anxiety over something, but it's never been like a prolonged thing mm-hmm. in my life. It's never been like an ongoing thing. I, I Probably the most scared I remember being as a child was when um, there was a cult in like the 90s that was like following a comet and they thought everybody was like the comet was coming to get them. And so they all committed suicide and I thought they were coming for me. And so for whatever reason, that was my like childhood crippling fear was the. Did you think that the people were coming for you or that the the comet was going to come and people on the comet were going to come for you? I think it was, I think it was sort of both together. Like I was afraid Uh that they were going to pick those people up. Yes. And then then they were going to come. And I was at my grandmother's house. I remember when I was experiencing (laughs) this and I thought they were going to come into that bedroom and get me and like take me with them. And like, cause I'd seen it all over the that was a really yeah. scary new That's story. A scary yeah. thing. Yeah. Really and I is. think sometimes too we don't realize, especially as adults, the things that can invoke fear and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But but to get back to kind of where like what I was what I wanted to ask is like, you know, as somebody who that hasn't been a prolonged struggle in my life or anything like that, how you know, I think this has helped give me some insight definitely into going, Oh, like that must be kind of how it feels. Mm-hmm. Or like but for some of my friends and family members, mm-hmm. they have dealt with this. And so how can, um, you know, how can I best love on those friends and family members who like when they're in the midst of some anxiety and difficult situations going on? Like, cause I'm sure that there are some things that it's like things not to say to someone <laughs> while they're dealing with, you know, <clears throat> some anxiety, like, but how, like, what are some tips for somebody who may be more like me, um, just mm-hmm. to kind of think through how to best love on and minister to the people in our lives who are in that situation? a good question. Um, I quoted this article and I can't remember where it is in the book, but it was written by that guy who runs that funny Christian website. What is it? Babylon B. Um, yeah. Adam Ford. Yes. Is he the one yes. who's with the Babylon B? Yeah. He wrote an article about his battle with anxiety and I quoted it in here and he describes, um, the feeling of being anxious as being under a, like a wet anxiety blanket and how the best thing that people can do is to remind us of the gospel. And I mean, that's the whole message of this book. And I think that that's the only quote remedy um, to our anxiety is to remember that Jesus died for everything we're afraid of. And our fears, our fears aren't going to stand. Our souls are safe. And it's like, we say these things and we believe these things, but when we're all wrapped up in our anxiety, we anxious people, I mean, (laughs) um, we don't remember. I mean, I'm so forgetful. I have to I've just learned over the last few years that I have to preach the gospel to myself every day or Mm -hmm. I live like it's not real. Like I'll say it to my kids and teach it to them, but I'm not remembering the power of it and what it means for every part of my life. Like everything I'm afraid of because of Jesus, I don't have to be afraid because no matter what happens to me, my, like I said, my soul is safe. Um, yeah. So that'll be my, my advice, I guess for people, but Something I'm just going to kind of something that you made me think of when you were talking Um, and just an interesting thing about putting this book out is I've had several people like you say anxiety isn't right. You know, they got to the end of it and said, I didn't really think this was something I struggled with, 
But something that I learned, and I also, another thing I quote in here is this Tim Keller sermon talking about all the different kinds of anxiety. Mm. So I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's physical and emotional and existential. And, you know, some people are missing a thigh or they have a thyroid problem. So that's why they're anxious. Some people are living in sin. Um, you know, the wicked flee, though no one is pursuing. And so there are all, some people are living in isolation instead of in community. So there's all these different reasons. And that's what Tim Keller says, is that the Bible's answer for what he calls the wounded spirit is that it's complicated. But um, something that I think that I've learned in just having other people read this is that everyone can relate to a spiritual anxiety. And maybe you wouldn't call it that, but like um, struggling to trust God when something happens that you didn't expect or you don't understand or dealing with doubts. I think every Christian has had a season of doubt or will just doubt something about God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a form of anxiety that every Christian can relate to, even if they don't deal with the kind of anxiety that Elizabeth and I are talking right. about, yeah. like right. appendix ruptures and all that. Yeah. Um, so I hope it helps people um, who don't, who that's not really their struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it helps them with that spiritual trust. Oh yeah. Um, but also I, I can definitely see myself like that, mm-hmm. that I have experienced right. like for sure. And so, um, and even too, like similar to that, the trust issue of not believing that God is who he says he is, but also just believing lies. And I feel right. like we all believe lies that we tell ourselves that the world tells us, our, us about, everything around us and about mm-hmm. ourselves too. And mm-hmm. I, I know you've talked about that in part of the book as mm-hmm. well. Like here's the lie and then here's the truth. And mm-hmm. for me, a lot of times I have to preach that to myself. I'm like, okay, here's what I'm believing. And it is actually ridiculous. Like yeah. when you look at it and like, I believe that if I don't worry about this thing, then it's, it's not going to happen. Right. And you're like, yeah. well, that doesn't make any logical sense, right. but that's what I believe. And so then it's like, well, what is true? Mm-hmm. What is true is that God is in control of everything and I can trust him. And mm-hmm. so encountering that with scripture. Yeah. And I think everybody kind of has those lies, whether they are like typical anxiety mm-hmm. sort of things that we would think of, or yeah. it could be something completely different, but it's a lie versus the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you can kind of find common ground no matter right. what you're even just struggling. a spiritual anxiety yeah. or not spiritual. I mean, a, um, <clears throat> an assurance of your faith kind of anxiety. Right. Yeah. That's like was always an underlying thing for me yeah. until I really understood that the mm-hmm. gospel and this again is the message of the book that the gospel isn't just the thing that saved me. Like Jesus didn't just die so I could just barely make it into heaven and now I better do a good job mm-hmm. so that he'll love me. It's for every moment and I can rest in every moment and every failure. Even I can be thankful and um, repent and, you know, repent in front of the people around me and live, walk in humility. Um, that is the most, you know, it brings the most peace. So, yeah. yeah. And even one thing I like underlined or I didn't underline cause I couldn't find a pen when I was reading, but, um, <laughs> there are pens everywhere. I couldn't find one that day, but, um, Anyway, it says, um, you said in the book, if your identity revolves around a job or a person or what your body looks like or anything other than Jesus, you will continue to live burdened and you'll ultimately compound your fear. And I think that that's where a lot of us, so much of all of this comes back to identity and like, Mm -hmm. are we putting ourselves aligned with Christ? Like you're saying on a daily basis, are we surrendering those things to him and looking through the lens of the gospel and, and letting him be the thing that defines how we see everything else. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, it's a good reminder for every single one of us that that even, you know, in where I am, like when, and and I think this, we've talked about this on an episode, um, maybe the New Year's one, but it's like, for me, it's really easy for me to talk about God, 
more than I talk to God. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's like that same thing. It's like, we yeah. get used to like knowing how to encourage other people, mm-hmm. but not being able to do, take those same things to heart for ourselves. And I think that's where a lot of people end up oh, finding yeah. themselves. Yeah. Totally. And I think there was something that I quoted on the blog and now I'm not going to be able to, Oh, here it is. I turned right <laughs> to it. Okay. So you said in there, my fears, my failures, my phases, real and imagined, and everything in between do not get to say who I am. They can't because Jesus already did. He rose from the dead with new names for me. Forgiven, approved, loved, daughter, heir, friend. And I just really like that mm-hmm. that realization because, like you said, it, that is our identity. Yep. And I think when we believe that, then that is the truth instead of the lies that, like, yeah. God doesn't care what happens to me or I'm not— I'm in control of things, mm-hmm. which I think is what a lot of anxiety comes down yeah, to is like right. thinking falsely mm-hmm. that I'm in control. So mm-hmm. I have to figure it out on my own. And um, hmm. and that, that's always scary because I have no control over like airplanes <laughs> or tornadoes or any of that. Yeah, stuff. Right. And so, yeah, I think that that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were some of your just, you know, as a little a little nugget preview. Like what were some of your fears that you have battled and dealt with and that you, that you wrote about in the book? You know what is so funny that you asked that right now? Because so the promo video for this book just went up and in the video I'm reading this or I'm saying, not reading it, I'm, re- I'm saying this list of, like you said, just mm-hmm. a sample of things I've been afraid of. And the publishing team here had asked me like a month ago before the book was printed to handwrite like you said, just kind of an example of some things I talk about in the book. So I just stream of consciousness wrote it. They made it into this beautiful blue. It's and really cool. Thing. I love it. It's so cool. So that's my handwriting with a Sharpie and they made it into this cool art mm. thing. But those are the things that I say on the video. And it's stuff like um, people asking me to serve in children's ministry. Seriously. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, ditto. I yes. mean, <laughs> yeah. you put on the spot. Uh-huh. Um, tick-borne illnesses and drive-by shootings. And the funny thing is I have a three-year-old and I, she's been around all this book stuff. Yeah. And so she, I mean, for the last 24 hours, she's been saying, I've been afraid of a lot of things, tornadoes, fire tornadoes, being late to special needs preschool, um, drive-by shootings, like my three-year-old is saying this stuff. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my <boy>. goodness. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Those are some of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I talk about exploding internal organs, like, you know, internal bleeding. That was right. a thing for me. And then it happened to me. And that's, some of the stories I write about, it's like they were these things that I was so afraid of. And then I found myself walking through them. And it's just funny because for me anyway, the scariest thing is anticipating the thing. It's not yes. actually the thing itself. Yeah. So any scary thing I've ever walked through has been hard and painful, um, but not scary because <laughs> right. God is with us. Like yeah. that's the whole thing. Emmanuel, God is with us and he really is. And he, get you know, we walk through hard things, but he's with us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just the whole mental battle of um, not living in. Oh, there's a quote. I should have marked it in here. I quoted some theologian person talking about how we die a, a thousand deaths yeah. just anticipating. I underline I that. Let me see if I can find <sighs> it. Man, I'm, I'm unprepared. I love it. It's but um, yeah, like we're anticipating this bad thing yeah. and that's and we're suffering mm-hmm. when we could just be. But and but we're favorites of God. That's what he says. We can, mm. like you said, Elizabeth, just mm-hmm. being single minded um, on the fact that identity, we are God's children and we can rest like a child in, knowing that he is in control. And that feels really scary when you're in the throes of anxiety. But, you know, it's if you really are deeply, you know, focused on it, it's the most peaceful thing ever, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't remember who it is. It's another great theologian probably that said something about like people who live in shame live in the past and then people who live in anxiety live in the future. Mm. But God calls us to live in the present. Wow. And Hmm. I think that's very true for like it's all these fears that are way out there that we're living in that may or may not ever happen. Mm -hmm. But even if they do happen, typically they don't happen as bad as we think they right it doesn't feel as bad mm-hmm. as we think it's gonna feel right um and i tend to live in that future that's like mm-hmm. what if i did this and mm-hmm. what if i did this and i'm like 20 steps ahead like mm-hmm. well if i did this then this will happen and then this might totally. happen and then and so it's like suddenly yeah. like my internal organs are all they've already exploded they've already exploded all <laughs> yeah, over yeah. and so and uh that's probably not gonna happen to me most likely you know right. i know you talked about the odds of like dying in a plane crash and they're yeah. very very small yeah but um we just think oh well this i'm I'll, gonna I'll be, be the, the one, one. It happens. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And one yeah. other thing that i really love that i was like this is so good mm-hmm. is in um in the book it says the bible reminds us who god is it reminds us who we are it reminds us whose we are it reminds us that we are forgiven. It reminds us that we are rescued. It reminds us that we've already proven we don't have the strength to make it. And it reminds us that God is, has already proven he'll go to the death to take care of us anyway. And through his word, the Holy Spirit can comfort us and lead us out of fear and foreboding and back into the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's from that last part is from Second Corinthians 4, 6. Mm. And I just mm. love that because I was like, this is it. This is why we have to be in the word of God to, yeah. to know yeah. that truth and internalize that truth to tell us, to tell ourselves when we are believing the lies. Yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. anyway, such mm. a great book. It really is. Thank but you. one thing that we have not yet discussed that I really wanted to discuss is Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your relationship with Saturday Night Live. Okay. So, um, so I grew up there. Which is weird, but um, my mom was cast as a cast member when I was six mm-hmm. months old. So oh, wow. we were live. I was born in Los Angeles. She got the call that she was going to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. We flew to New York, lived in New York, and I grew up there. You know, so it, you know when you're a kid, yeah. you're not like ooh cool celebrities. Right. You're just like a kid. So like my, I have so many memories of there, but they're so childlike. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I put some of them in the book, but it's like what's on the food table today or. Um, and the people who were on the cast were like our family friends. Right. So I didn't really. Now, weirdly, I get very starstruck now as an adult about like people that I admire and uh-huh. respect, which I didn't think I would be that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, I, just, I lose my train of thought a lot. Sorry. Um, anyway, so it was it was unusual and colorful. And I don't really remember any anxiety until my parents got divorced. And that was happening at the same time that my mom stopped working on the show and so we moved my dad was gone we were in a new city and it was just like you know we all have that moment in life where we realize oh the world is broken Mm -hmm. because you don't you're not born knowing that dads can go away and houses can go away yeah and this fun happy life and I did have like a really fun happy lifestyle Mm -hmm. (laughs) before that um but that's when all the anxiety started and then just kind of growing up in the entertainment industry um and I think I was just anxious I'm just anxiously wired person I think um, I, it was a little confusing for me because I was also raised um, in the church. And so yeah. I was hearing the word of God and reading about holiness and everything. And I have awesome memories and there are awesome people in Hollywood. But it's also kind of like an up close view of the world, right. you know, mm-hmm. sitting in the wings at stand up comedy clubs. Yeah. Um, I still love stand up comedy, but it's like, you know, some of the things I was hearing were right. just like, what? You know, and so I kind of craved just normalcy and stability mm-hmm. 
as a kid. And so by the time I was in my teen years, I, you know, I was like really academic and making straight A's and trying to just kind of have my own normal little life and, you know, saying, no, I don't want to travel with you this time, mom. And um, yeah, but then as I got older, I kind of realized what an unusual and cool thing it is to look back on right? because, you know, in the moment while I was living it, I didn't realize that. But I have these cool, you know, stories like John Lovitz, you know, had a nickname for me as a kid and he was doing stand up here in Nashville a few years ago when I was pregnant. And I've got this picture of him holding me when I was a baby when he was like 28. Uh And then at the time I was 28 and then I walk in and he calls me the same nickname as Mm. when I was three. And I have a picture of him like holding my baby belly. Um, So just, (laughs) you know, unusual, fun, cool stuff like that. In my older years, my adult years, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. It doesn't. It's great fodder for that two truths and a lie game. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. never occurred to me. I'm going to. Oh, you should definitely insert for that sure. as a, as a fun sure. fact. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I've put all my stuff out there so people would know. True. Uh, <laughs> true. Well, yeah. if you're ever with a group of strangers, yeah. that's <laughs> yes. the one to Perfect. go for. You have not yet read your book. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and two, how how do you and Brandon parent now, like, you know, with all of this in mind and just kind of thinking about, you know, your perspective on the gospel where it is now and Mm -hmm. on anxiety and fear and things like that. How do you integrate that into your parenting? I love answering this question so much because I love dropping the name of this woman that I barely know, but we crossed paths at the right time. And, um, so I mean, again, I'm just gonna keep taking it back to the gospel, but the gospel didn't just revolutionize my walk with fear and life and marriage and everything, which it did. But um, I met this woman, Elizabeth, not this Elizabeth, different Elizabeth, um, (laughs) when I had a three month old. So Mm -hmm. I was a new parent and I was reading all the parenting books and trying to do everything right. And still maybe like peak panic at that time. (laughs) You know, when you have a new baby, it's just like peak panic. And um, so I was in this circle of women that were sharing like parenting tips and they were great, godly, wonderful women going around a circle and I'm like looking at each face trying to remember all this wisdom and thinking and like bouncing my three-month-old who by the way I had brought on this retreat because I was scared to leave her with even my husband who's the Mm. most responsible wonderful (laughs) man ever but I was so wrapped up in anxiety I like had her with me at this thing I wasn't supposed to have my kid at um but it went from person to person and then this woman Elizabeth um said you know I don't try to raise my kids to be perfect people I'm not perfect that goal is impossible anyway my goal is to just live the gospel out in my home. So practically what that looks like is if I have an argument with my husband or if I'm mean one day, if I wake up and I'm not nice, I apologize to my kids and I apologize to my husband and I repent in prayer out loud in front of my kids. And I let them see that because I want to teach them to cling to Jesus. I want to teach them that we are weak and that we need him, Mm. not that they can strive and strive and strive and be the best version of themselves because that's impossible. Um, and that was just like, I, I don't know, I'd grown up hearing the gospel, but whatever God did in that moment, it was like, it really hit me like, oh, I can rest, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was when I, I mean, I don't want to say that's when I stopped living anxiously because I still battle it, but I was a slave to it. Like my whole stance in life was, how do I protect myself? How do I protect my my marriage? How do I protect my child? Um how do I keep my job? I was just in this very protective stance. I wasn't asking the Lord, or maybe I was, but not meaning it in my yeah. heart. Like, how can you use me to love a hurting world of scared people who don't know you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so meeting Elizabeth just kind of shifted my perspective because I thought, oh, that can be my goal. <laughs> like, so to answer your question, 
in our home with our kids, that's our goal. Yeah. Like everything we do, I mean, we're imperfect parents, but we know we're imperfect parents. So we try to make decisions based on, you know, helping them see Jesus. And then when we fail, we apologize to them and we show them what to do when you fail, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love the section in the book where you talk about ever overhearing yes. something and you yes. just speaking that gospel oh, truth yeah. into her life and, and not mincing words and saying, yes, things like this happen, but it's okay because God loves us. Mm. And so, you know, we do live in a broken world, but we have a God who loves us and cares about us. And so that was just mm. such a beautiful picture of like preaching the gospel to your kids too, because mm. I think a lot of times we forget that part of the gospel is the brokenness of it. All. Yeah. And so we like to just be like, oh, preach the gospel to yourself and preach the gospel to others. And mm-hmm. it's like, Jesus died for you. And now we can all live free. Right. But we don't think about the fact that like this world is broken. And I think that's what is obvious to everyone, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. children yeah. a lot of times. And so I think that's always a great place to start. And I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story that Elizabeth's talking about is when we were going to fly to China to adopt um, Joy who at the time, she was born without any ears. So she couldn't walk, couldn't communicate, was not potty trained. And it was one of those things where, obviously, if you read one page of my book, you'll see that it makes no sense that I would pursue that. It was just totally Mm -hmm. the Lord Mm -hmm. leading us and giving me totally supernatural peace and the desire to do that. And so me and my husband were kind of jokingly talking about all the horrible ways we could die in a plane crash um, on the way to to China to go get her. Um, Like, do we want to crash over the North Pole? Would we rather be shot out of the sky when we're flying over Russia? Like, what's what's a better Mm -hmm. horrible thing? And then I think I brought up this Netflix show and I don't remember what it is. I had someone ask me recently. I don't know because I turned it off immediately. But it was like, I didn't know that it was a scary show, but right. it was showing a plane crash and people's faces starting melt started melting off. Oh my gosh. So I had said wow. something like that to Brandon as a joke, like, right. oh, our face is melting off. And then Ever, who was five and my oldest, and she appeared out of thin air and she's like, I don't want to go to China anymore. I don't want my face to melt off, mommy. And I was like, and like, you know, the part you're talking about, I thought to myself, well, I can tell her the truth. But even in that moment that I did tell her the truth, and I'm so glad I did, I wasn't believing, I wasn't remembering that God's word is powerful. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, this isn't going to help. This might make it worse. And as the words are coming out of my mouth and I'm telling her ever, if God wants us to be with him in heaven, it doesn't matter if we're sleeping in our bed um, and a a meteor could come through our roof right now. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. He's in control of everything. So, you know, so I'm telling her that. And I assumed that she was going to be like, I don't want to go. And it worked. Like it literally worked. God's word gave her peace. And she was like, oh, okay, I want to go to China then. And then we went and we adopted Joy and we brought her back home. And I just thought that was so cool. Like we have to remember God's word is powerful and active and alive. And when we speak it out to ourselves and our family, it has power and we can trust that the Holy Spirit will work through it, you know. And even too with kids, just thinking back about how Jesus would call the children to him. And he just, mm-hmm. I think he knew that they have many, there's so few barriers in their minds to believing what he says to be true yeah. that, that we have as adults yes. now. And, um, and just her, you know, you explaining the truth mm-hmm. to her and her going, okay, 
Yeah. That yeah. sounds good to me. Yeah. Like, you know, because if you said those things to another adult, they'd probably start asking you, but like, but what about this? Right. What if that? What if that? Yeah. And, you know, but she, I love just the picture of that, of just that childlike faith to mm-hmm. go, okay, like, yeah. all right, I believe you, mom. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, sounds good to me. Yeah. And you say I can trust God, then I can trust God. And yeah. that's okay. so powerful. That was powerful for me because, you right. know, yeah. I was having moments of fear in that too. Right. And it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And even like juxtaposing that against how you said that when you were little and you realized that planes could crash, that a, ne- a flight attendant told you that mm-hmm. they had springs on the bottom yeah. to like bounce you back up into yeah, the air. Yeah, it was so great for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And it's like sometimes sometimes that answer is the necessary answer in the moment. And then sometimes the Lord gives you opportunity to give, mm-hmm. like to tell the full story and just to say, hey, like, let's let's really think about this here. So I was once on an airplane in fr- sitting in front of, a dad and his kid and the kid asked how airplanes work and the dad like goes through the whole scientific explanation and I was like I am not going to be that kind of parent I'm just going to be the one that's like I don't know it's magic (laughs) (laughs) I don't know (laughs) isn't it cool (laughs) oh gosh and I I had a friend too like one time who now works in the airline industry like Mm -hmm. talked to me about like when to actually like when you should be afraid and I was like oh. I don't need to know no. this. like mm. please don't tell yeah. me this because I fly too much yeah. to, to know yeah. that kind of thing. I like the so. idea of being honest with like I try to be always honest with my kids mm-hmm. but if I feel like it's inappropriate then I'd just be like hmm yeah. we'll shelf that we'll talk yeah. about that some other you know yeah. it's always that classic like well what do you think yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that question yeah. oh yeah and just to hear what they think mm-hmm. you know because sometimes it's completely unrelated Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, how would you encourage the women who are listening today, um, just where they are? Um, you know, maybe they are somebody who has very much been in your same shoes, like Elizabeth was saying. Um, how would you know what what would you point them to? How would you encourage them today, just as they're listening? Well, um, I would encourage them, like I said, to remind themselves of the gospel and not just the gospel of what did Jesus do, but also what has He done in my life. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. reflecting on that frequently, writing it down is so faith building, you know, talking about it with your friends, hearing their stories of God coming through. Like, I just think that's so important. Um, And living in community and finding people who know God's word and love it and are pursuing him. I mean, my most peaceful seasons of my life um, have been walking with people who are pursuing the Lord because it rubs off on you. And, you know, yeah. And I think that isolation is really, really bad for anxious Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) And when I'm anxious, that's what I want to do. I want to be a hermit because, mm-hmm. oh, everybody else is living normal life and right. nobody is feeling these feelings. That's a weird thing about putting out an anxiety book is some of these things. I mean, I, I put a lot of words out to Brandon. He knows all my thoughts and feelings, but I haven't talked about a lot of these like more personal fears with people. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm like super fear person, but so many people yeah. said me too, you know, yeah. when I, when they've oh, read yeah. the book. Um, so yeah, living in community, that's just so comforting knowing mm-hmm. We are all in this together and Jesus understands our weakness Mm. and he's our strength and we can, we really can rest. We don't have to strive to be uh, one thing, you know, in the very beginning I'm talking about of the book, I talk about my mom reading Joshua 1, 9 to me, Mm -hmm. you know, be strong and courageous for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And when I was little, I took that to mean I better be strong. I better be courageous. Right. Uh Oh, I'm failing. So God must not love me. (laughs) So I totally misinterpreted that Mm. and didn't realize that that verse, God saying that is a comfort. It's not condemnation. And we have to remember that we are not condemned when we are in Christ. We're not condemned. He loves us. And so we really can rest. We really don't have to strive. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's so good. 
rabbit trailing. No, I love that. I've talked with I talk with people a lot who struggle with anxiety because that's part of my story. And so we talk about sharing the gospel with yourself, like yeah. preaching the gospel to yourself and how in the Bible you see that over and over again yes. in the Psalms and in Lamentations three, mm-hmm. which is like the the big one that everybody quotes a lot, but we quote the verses about great is thy faithfulness mm-hmm. and your mercies are new every morning. But right before those verses, he's like, I wish I had never been born. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I just think about like whenever I'm anxious or um, feeling those kinds of things like, oh, my goodness, this is the worst ever. I yeah. wish I had never been born. It would have been easier for me to just like not have all this fear and all this anxiety. It's like, but he says, but I have hope in this, that your yes. mercy is new every morning. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where we have to learn to like turn our thoughts towards the gospel. And like you said, it's not just. God died or Jesus died for us and and saved us eternally. It's the continually every day. His mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. and he's faithful all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of twisting of the of your feelings and your thoughts into from the lie to the truth. Yeah. yeah. And I love that the Bible included both the great is your faithfulness and the I wish I'd never been born. Yeah in there you know while you were talking i looked this up because i didn't want to misquote it but Uh the whole time you're talking i was thinking psalm 77 is another awesome example um and the subheading is confidence in a time of crisis Mm -hmm. and i included this somewhere in the book too i don't remember where but the first half of the psalm he's like lamenting but then the second half he's reflecting on who god is and then Mm -hmm. he's peaceful by the end and i just love that and that is so how i mean that's true that's That's how it works yeah 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 I hope it's Psalm 77. I'm like reading it. Well, there's a lot of Psalms that that's true. (laughs) So uh, chances are it's probably Psalm 77 too. Yeah, Yeah. that was something that as I read through Psalms with um, a group of college girls from my church, I I told them ahead of time, I was like, watch for the shift because you'll Mm -hmm. see it a lot of times. And maybe it won't be in that one Psalm, but Mm -hmm. then the next Psalm is the shift. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, watch for that. And so they would learn to point it out. And they're like, here's where the gospel starts. And so it's such a cool thing to know that God does see your fears and mm-hmm. he's he sees that and he's not thinking that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard right he's thinking but look at me right I am faithful mm-hmm. and and I will be here always you know yep. yeah and so well and I you know to wrap things up we yeah. typically ask the question what have you been marked by but I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of been this whole episode I do sure. have an answer for but, that, oh, though, okay. please, because I listened question. to this wonderful podcast and I was like, what am I going to say when they say, what have you been yes. marked by? I know. I, I kind of that. accidentally started answering it. But okay. the thing I've been marked, actually, I don't know if this is what you mean, but lately I was thinking about it because I thought, well, the adoption was like a huge pivotal moment, but that all happened because of people memorizing scripture. That's like the mm. thing lately that's been standing out as a priority to me because I was in a very living in fear season Mm -hmm. before the adoption process with Joy. And I was in this small group with this family, the wonderful Wolf family, Maddie. Um, (laughs) And they're just people who so know God's word that it just pours out of them. You know those people? I I describe them as people who speak in Bible verses. Like we're sitting in small group and rather than answering the question with a biblically sound answer, they just quote it from their brains like and reference it. And I'm just in awe of that. And I want to be that. And I was just like living alongside them with my fears and they weren't pushy and they weren't like, you should be doing this. Why aren't Mm -hmm. you pursuing this? They were just living this life in front of me every Monday night and they knew God's word so well. And that is the season when my fears drifted into the background. And I've just seen, Joy's been home for a year and a half and I've just seen how important it is to have God's word always on your lips, wherever that verse is. I need to get better at referencing them. That's the whole point of what I'm saying. Um, But just 
finding a way. I'm using this app right now called Fighter Versus. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, where you can like it blanks things out and you tap on them and then it fills a word in so it can help you memorize scripture because it's so important because the Holy Spirit uses that in your own heart and to encourage others. And that's just been, that's the thing that I think is what helped me the most in this, these last few years, I really haven't been struggling with it the way I used to. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that a good answer? That's a, gr- that's a very good answer. <laughs> that's an excellent I mean, answer. what has marked you? I guess that's an, a thought, like yeah, the thought yeah, that uh-huh. I need to make that a priority in my life. Yeah. People answer that question all different ways. Okay. So, <laughs> and that was yeah, a great answer. That was a great answer. And I, I've often thought that too. I really need to work on memorization, especially what one, somebody called it once addresses, like the address, the reference yes. point. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, somewhere in the Bible it says yeah. right. this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'll, I'll know that, but I don't know the, the address. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I... I need to work on that as well. And I think that is exactly what we've been talking about this whole time, just replacing the lies with the truth. But oh, you yeah. can't do that unless you know the truth. Right. And so that's that's a great... Yeah, I want to be marked by someone who... Like, I want to be like Maddie. I want... Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how I describe her. Mm-hmm. She is marked by... She knows God's word. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Scarlett, what? this has been so much fun <laughs> I've today. I love this. I know. <laughs> Thank I you it. for having me. I know. And it's been fun. A lot of our interviews are over Skype or mm-hmm. the phone. And it's just been so fun to like have you here yeah, in the studio in person today. So, so fun. Thank, Thank you, you for coming by. And yeah. um, and we will link to um, to the Fighterverse app that she mentioned, um, obviously to her book, Afraid of All the Things. Mm-hmm. And, com. And, like, <laughs> and we'll cut this out if you want me to. But are, like, are you allowed to say that you have another book coming yeah. out later this year? Okay. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a book coming out for teen girls. Woo! in july Y'all yay know that's my jam. i have three daughters so <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm excited it's called um he numbered the pores on my face which i love and it's about identity and it's mostly just like stories of my super embarrassing teen years um <laughs> but you know hopefully biblical wisdom for teen girls to walk with gospel identity i don't I know it. am i saying that right i haven't i haven't been talking about this book as much yes. but um my three-year-old who's blonde and whose favorite color is blue like intensely calls it her book because the book cover is blue and there's a little blonde cartoon girl on the front so she's like we opened the box of afraid of all the things books and she's like mommy where's my blonde blue book oh. <laughs> like, anyway that's great so fun well once that's out we will make sure that you guys yeah. are aware of that too but Elizabeth, I was just going to say else? that I really love the titles of your books. I do too. Like, <laughs> afraid of all the things. I was like, yes, yes I he am. He numbered the pores of my face. <laughs> yeah, and he numbered yes, the He yeah. sure did. I love it so much. So. Mm-hmm. But oh, thank you guys. again for being with us. And we will see you guys next time on the Mark Podcast. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C and at ED Hyman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Life by Women on all social media channels at Life by Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifebywomen.com forward slash podcast. And if you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We will see you next time.